Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Hey, it's uh, Daylight Savings. Yep. So you got to remember to set your podcast back one episode. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Uh, it is also, it's the one night every year that I remember that I dreaded. Not only as somebody that worked midnights for 12 or 13 years give or take but it's even worse when you uh if you think about your emergency communications your telecommunicators for your not only call centers and stuff like that they have a big giant clock and there's nothing worse than seeing it go 159 one o'clock and then going Because there's a lot of people that work 12-hour shifts. If you can imagine working night shift, working 12 hours just to wind up working 13 hours. Or for me, you know, I'd work 10 and then went from working 10 to 11. Now, granted, in the spring, you do work. You provide it again, like if your days off haven't changed. You know, you end up working one less hour, but (laughs) still. Yeah. The balance. (laughs) Yeah. So you get one hour of overtime, a one paycheck, and then you get one hour less (laughs) for for no reason, even though you've been there the entire time. Right. It's yeah. Uh, I don't know why we're still doing that. Like, I get it. I get the original intent for farmers and, you know, and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think we're past that. I think we're the only country that still does it, too. I think that's the worst part. Really? That is crazy. And there's, uh, I forgot where, there's one area that didn't even recognize daylight savings. They just keep the same time year-round. So, I don't want to freak uh, out their people. <laughs> I guess. Uh, start riots and everything. I think if so, I think if a if a uh, politician actually ran on ending daylight savings, they would probably like straight up win the entire thing <laughs> on that one platform. <laughs> I mean, simple things, man. I think it would work. Simple things. So, but yeah, it's a. It, anyways, it's it's a pain in the ass every year. But luckily, my daughter was able to. I mean, it's. A, it's on a Sunday and we didn't need to be anywhere. So didn't really mess up uh, my daughter going to bed last night or even getting, well, getting up this morning wasn't much different than any other Monday. Um, but yeah, I think it, it didn't affect her as much. Maybe she's finally starting to grow out of that. Cause you know, it's really hard. I mean, you'd say you could think it's hard on most people, but it's really hard on kids because they kind of rely on that. More or less internal type clock because they don't, they're so young, they don't understand what that is. They don't understand the whole point of it. I mean, hell, most adults don't, most adults don't know the point behind it, but 
still it's really hard on kids that's why that's why i'm like really glad that mine are getting older to where that's not going to affect them as much as as it did when they were real little i'm like well let's go better i'm not ready to go to bed like you're going to make you're essentially having me go to bed at seven well no it's we had to move an hour forward now so it's actually eight but it's still light out. Like I don't know what to tell you. We'll just tape up your windows. Yep, it's dark. Room, room darkening <laughs> shades. Yep. Room darkening shades for the wind. <laughs> it's rather have a sleep schedule as it is anyway. <laughs> right. It's oh my god, it's horrible. But yeah, it was it was it went a lot better uh, this time around than uh, than it has in the past <laughs> for sure. Uh, Saturday, uh, on the, uh, good news front in our house, at least, um, Grayson got her first vaccination on Saturday. So she went, they just went in. I mean, we had them both scheduled to go this weekend, Mm -hmm. but they were at a grocery store, went by the pharmacy and there was nobody there and said, and we're just like, Hey, you doing, uh, y'all doing a walk-in, uh, vaccinations for you know COVID vaccinations like yeah sure it's like sweet you know like cool uh like how long is it, you know how long she's like yeah just give me about 10 minutes like yeah no problem yeah and then boom you know just like that boom boom done walked on out it's been showing up her band-aid her band-aid actually came off yesterday mm-hmm. so this morning she legit went and got a new band-aid to put on so when she went to school she could show everybody <laughs> <laughs> gotta have those stories yeah you know it i'm like all right you go girl go get your band-aid go do your thing <laughs> um yours getting his tomorrow afternoon so yup so we're getting closer to that getting that done with for them and we'll be on our way uh, um yeah and that um Grayson started at her new dance studio this past week. Got her all signed up. This will be her first, I guess, full week of classes at her new dance studio. Uh, so, yeah, um, she's just a little bit excited, to say the least. So we're happy for her. And uh, she's seems to be in better spirits since doing, you know, since joining that. I mean, she, it's. Weird for her to go ahead and tell us, yeah, she's fine. Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good. And then, but as soon as you get her signed up, she's back in there. Yeah, she's back to the same Grayson as before we moved. You know, she's got her tumble track out. She's been dancing, got her music back on. She's doing that. So we'll be at the store and she'll be dancing. It's, yeah, it's funny. But, yup. And then a York test for his solid orange belt end of month. So, He's uh he's getting ready for that. And then yeah, that's about it here. Just yeah. take it away. <clears throat> Let's see. So this morning I tried this new well it's new to me, it's a new product uh called Just Egg, which is a plant based product made out of uh, I guess it's bean, but it's a, it, it fluffs like eggs. It's, it's a it's a plant based egg ba- basically. Okay. And um, I mean it tastes okay. I had to add a little lemon pepper to it, but you know yeah. you got you gotta watch it because it will, you know, tend to it'll cook fast. 
you know, if you got the temp gotcha. house, you got to watch it so it doesn't burn or stick to the skillet. But it turned out okay. So, okay. so far, I've changed my the sausages to plant-based eggs. I'm working on it. See how, how this goes, you know. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's trying to get away from, you know, not completely, but just kind of switch it up, have something yeah. different. So it's not always the red meat or the pork. And, oh, yeah. You know, not, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, so. Cool, man. Yeah, I read yeah, a book this week. <laughs> Congratulations. Finally, it's been a while. So it took in um, it's a new book. Picked it up from Target called. It's a little different. It's called Honey Girl. So it's following this girl, um, Grace Porter, who just got her PhD in astronomy. Uh, she went off to Vegas to celebrate with the girl during a girls' trip, and then ended up getting drunk married. Okay. And um, you know, she's dealing with trying to please her father's expectations and. You know, then handle trying to find this this girl she married that she ne- doesn't remember her name, but you know, it was a good book. It's like it's well written, good character arc, good story. I just could okay. I just had I just kept reading this first book in a while. I just had to keep reading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, dude. I um, let's see, what have I read? I haven't read it. I haven't. I've got two books I need to get. I need to read. Well, hold on. <laughs> no, yet. Well, I'm still working on my King Quapis. Uh, all, but uh, well, uh, but all I want to do is direct. I'm still needing to get through that. But I'm also trying to read Bill Allen's um, My Red Career book and the other, then uh, Andrew McCarthy's travel book um, called. The longest way home. So I'm trying to. I've got several to get through, but I have not had zero. I have zero time to um, to do that. And I keep the Bill Allen book in my car just in case I am stuck somewhere. Not stuck. In case I'm having to wait. Yeah. Or you know, or in half time, I just keep it in the car. That way, I just always have something to read. But. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. Um, as far as books, <laughs> uh, Grayson's reading, so that's new. She's working through trying to do the learn to read books, so she's been doing that really well. Um, we'll help her, you know, kind of sound words out that she doesn't know. And then York's starting a new book. I forgot the name of it, so I'll have to remember that for next week. So uh, recommend that to anybody else that's in the uh, fifth grade range. Yeah, for books. But yeah, Grayson's just been doing the Word to Read level one books, and uh, going from there. That's good. Yes, sir. So, uh, what you got for me for TV, my friend? Well, I I started watching Insecure on HBO Max. I went through and I saw that the episodes were like 30 minutes each. I'm like, oh, I should have been watching this. Like, it's hard to get, it's hard for me to get into shows that are like uh, 45 minutes or an hour, especially if they have long 20 plus episode seasons. But I think yeah. these are only like maybe 10 at 30 minutes each. So I'm about four episodes in. Okay. And then I watched, um, started watching again Black Summer series on Netflix. And then I watched the 
brand new uh, Dexter New Blood episode. Okay. Um, if you remember the way season eight ended, he went off and got himself a new identity and living off in the. Well, here they show he's living off in the woods in a cabin, and he goes out for his daily run to try to hunt a deer, but he kind of chickens out each time. Like, you know, because this is picking up 10 years after those events, so it's been 10 years since he's had his murderous streak. Right. Yeah. And he surprisingly has, I guess, emotions. He's got him right. a girlfriend. He's going out line dancing, which is a little different <laughs> for his character, but I guess he's got to fit in. But um, so far... So good for this. Okay. And you're watching that. Yep. Well, I'd still I haven't been able to bring myself to watch the season finale of Why the Last Man because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really want it to be the last one. Um. So I've kind of been putting that off. I hadn't really watched anything that I can remember, to be honest. Um. So I ended up finally starting a uh, one of those docu-miniseries type things that they have. Um, HBO Max has one. It's a uh, three-episode docu-series called The Way Down, God, Creed, and the Cult of Gwen Shamblin. This is on HBO Max. It is... Um, each episode's roughly over an hour. I think one's like an hour and a half, another's like an hour and ten. To kind of break it up. Yeah. Um, it is extremely fascinating because it takes place in our neck of the woods, or at least a little further south from us, <laughs> southeast. Yeah. yeah, but still within fairly short driving distance. Um, so it follows the uh, Remnant Fellowship Church and its leader, Gwen Shamblin, Laura. Exploring Laura's fame and power as a diet guru and church leader and truth behind her carefully curated image detailing the controversial practices of the church. This takes place in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is a stone's throw away from Franklin, Tennessee. For those that don't live in the Nashville surrounding Nashville area to kind of give you an idea where, you know, where this area is, it is. South of Nashville, taking I-65 uh, south towards uh, Huntsville. I think that's right. I always get the two confused. Um, and they, uh, Brentwood's about 25 minutes south of downtown. And that's where a lot of celebrities live and their big giant houses, doctors and whatnot. It's it's a very hoity-toity area, as I like to say. Um <laughs> But yeah, but most people live in either Brentwood or most celebrities, you know, country musicians and and other famous celebrities will live either in Brentwood, Franklin, or I guess Leapers Forks now, slash Thompson Stations, I guess, the new place to move to. Yeah. So <clears throat> still down the same direction. So I was like, oh my God, this place is like just right down the road. And it's like, well, this this will be interesting. And I remember it so follows. It starts off with the plane crash that killed her and six other members, six or seven other members of the church. And 
Bright at Bright Out in Percy Priest Lake, which is also like 15 minutes away from where I live. So uh, I'm like, oh, this is it. It's like I remember when the story happened and Ruth going, oh my God, that's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't know why I would know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, what Gwen Chamberlain did was she came up with a diet plan using the Bible as a as a uh, not crutch, but as a way to to explain why you need to go on this, you know, go on the diet and how to eat, and that you know, basically, you can eat whatever you want, but just know that, and then insert Bible verse and thing here. So this blew up in the early '90s. That's where she got her fame. And then at this church, and then she kind of became, I don't want to say a motivational speaker, but she ended up, you know, she was preaching services, but also doing this diet thing at the same time. So they would have, you know, using air quotes for the audio medium, uh, air quotes for workshops, where if you were wanting to lose weight, you know, they called it, the the book was called The Way Down, W-E-I-G-H. Um the movie, the docuseries is called The Way Down, W-A-Y, just not to get too confused. Um, but they, uh, the, so if you signed up to do this workshop to try and lose weight and everything, uh, you could do that, but you also had to buy the book. So, you know, it's a nice, clever marketing way of increasing sales. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not hating by any means. <laughs> yeah. It, it's clever, but they're also using the church as a way to you know make more money for themselves and this one it, they interviewed one person that said that they joined the church without not without knowing a thing about the whole diet aspect of it yeah and thought they could just go to church and not have to get i guess you could say exposed or you know not like they just go there for church and that would be it and then they could be done right but she said but the way that the church works is that it's all intertwined like it's all woven into each other so you expect to do that but then you get but like they talk about wives being submissive to their husbands and that divorce is a sin but then gwen ends up getting a divorce but so then because Gwen then gets a divorce all the husbands are then wanting to get a divorce (laughs) yeah it's uh, it's but before that you know even some of these wives would be part of these abusive relationships and they would try and leave and basically if they would get members of the church that would come up to them and say listen if you if you try and get a divorce, if you try to leave, you know, we're going to be sure that we're going to do Essentially, we're going to use whatever exercise, whatever power we have to be sure that he gets custody of the kids and that you never get to see him, all this other, you know, basically put as much fear into him as possible. Right. You know, I, just like, like how God would want you to, <laughs> to be. Um, right. But it, it is very fascinating because if you've watched the the docuseries about nexium on it on hbo this has a lot of the same 
cultish vibes and not saying that Christianity or the church, a church itself is considered a cult, but there's a lot of things where you can separate. Okay. This stuff is just normal stuff that happens at any Christian church or maybe non-Christian church. I don't know, but that occurs at basically any church, but these are things that are not normal. These are things that I don't care where you go. This would not happen, which yeah. then class helps classify it as a cult. So when I'm explaining this for people that that listen, that you know uh, are of a faith and and everything, I'm not trying to offend you or or anything like that. I'm just trying to explain to you the difference. You know how how some of the actions in this docu-series of that church are more cultish than it is religion but they try to essentially hide behind the church aspect of it in order to pursue their power dominance and um you know uh, persuasion i guess to get um to have things go their way one person uh, got a divorce uh, that they interviewed got a divorce and is still trying to get full custody of their daughter with because she left i mean she 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 left the you know she left the area yeah she's having to work four jobs in order to pay the lawyer bills just to get full custody and uh, parental full parental rights so basically to decide what church you know if she wants her daughter to go to church which church she can choose yeah because it's apparently very different than the time they have there versus the time with their new with their dad and their new stepmom so it's a uh, it's heartbreaking it's fascinating very fascinating um but also just kind of sad as well that something like this is going on and that they're having to try and because of power. I mean, it's in the end, it's all about power. And yeah. And Your agenda. You know, yep. So and then it, but it follows like it has a lot of interviews with various different people that have left the church. And it is, uh, it's pretty fascinating and goes through how, you know, the, the death of Gwen Shamwin and you know the fact that now her daughter's taken over and this is still going on like this church is still thriving in Brentwood so uh, best way I was able to describe it is it's Nexium minus the volleyball I mean essentially <laughs> I mean, but Nexium doesn't have doesn't evoke like church like uh, it doesn't try to pretend it's a church um, but this one definitely tries to use that to their advantage. But meanwhile, you know, yeah, a lot of shady things are happening. So it's very fascinating. If you're into that sort of thing, I would highly recommend this. It is a fascinatingly, terrifyingly <laughs> sad thing to watch. Yeah. All the emotions, not happiness isn't one of them, but it goes through all the emotions, though. Um, and it is pretty fascinating. It did say to be continued, so I'm almost wondering if they're going to do a 
either second season or second series. They tried to interview people at the church, but or you know the family and all that. But oddly enough, they uh, they're declining, and believe it or not, are you know denying anything that's in the documentary series. But of course, they haven't watched anything. This was being filmed eight months before the plane crash. So this didn't start because the plane crash just happened back June this year. Wow. Yeah. So they they were started filming this like early early. So before that, so pretty interesting. Yep, very strange, very interesting. Um, I highly rec- again. I highly recommend it. It's fascinating <clears throat> and strange. So yeah. Anyways, that's my first thing but also <laughs> but also what i've watched tv wise technically i guess um yeah check it out hbo max there we go. <clears throat> all right let's get into our first feature presentation um so this week we find i don't want to say finally it's only been what two months <laughs> since our last marvel movie yeah but it kind of felt longer, maybe just because we didn't have any TV shows either to go off of it. No, because after what if, it's just, you know, crickets. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sorry, you got to wait till Thanksgiving, kids. Yep. yep. <laughs> and adults, kids and parents, you got to wait till Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, fine. But we went and saw The Eternals, or just Eternals, his name in The Eternals. I kept wanting to put The in front of it, too. <clears throat> Yeah, like, it just uh, makes sense. Like, okay. Marvel we're Studios, the, Eternals. Yeah, we're not the Eternals. We're just a group of them, I guess. Well, you know, we find out there's more, so... That's what I'm saying. It's sense. a group of them. Yeah, yeah. so that makes sense. <laughs> All right, so the Eternal, or sorry. See, they could have put the Eternals, at least, for this movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Marvel Studios Eternals. I could do it that way. I can't do Eternal. Just... All right. <laughs> PG 13, uh, two hours, 37 minutes. And it felt every bit of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I agree. Uh, the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal <laughs> beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. Written and directed by Chloe Zhao and uh, Patrick Burley, Ryan Furpo, Kaz Furpo, and yeah, based on characters by Jack Kirby. So I know nothing about these group, these characters. I went in knowing nothing about these characters. I left the theater not knowing much more, to be honest. And the two post-credit scenes, I'm like, okay. (laughs) I just, well, one of the post-credits, I knew, I knew of the what we saw there, just because I read the Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet comics recently, so that was kind of familiar. So I was like, okay, I kind of know of. But that's about it. <laughs> so it's like maybe two points to my MCU XP. <laughs> <laughs> added to yours and yeah. <laughs> then added to mine. Because uh, I was like, uh, mm, mm. 
Uh, I had a delayed uh, Leonardo DiCaprio moment. Like, I know them. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ooh, ooh. I at least know them. So out of the ten characters they introduced here, I know those two. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I kind of just summed this up. This is the MCU's Justice League. Yeah. And as you mentioned, with a spot of Dune. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> yes. Okay, oh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, I was like, all right, so because I was like, so Kit Harrington's gonna go face the White Walkers? Like, what's going on here? And that's what I was wondering at the end. I, I <laughs> credits went, and then or it went out the screen. I went, yeah, I got nothing. Like I yelled, <laughs> like I shut it out the theater. I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know what this is supposed to mean to me. I'm sorry. I have I no better some, response to that. I did do some reading afterwards, so I kind of have a better idea, but I think yeah. people that are familiar with the comics probably know. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, they, they're probably oh, I know that. Yeah. Looking at us, movie, mostly movie only, they're like, oh, yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know the basic people. You're so basic. Yeah. <laughs> Could speed your horizons, whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, man. Just some of us don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I took Grayson to go see it because she was excited. She was excited to go to the movies. I don't think she really cares what it is. Yeah. If it's something that could, if she can go get popcorn, a drink, and candy, <laughs> she's good. And sit and watch something, she's cool with it. Yeah. Even if it's two and. Two and a half hours. She got, she, gosh, she was squirmy, but I don't blame her because I was starting to get squirmy myself. Um, so most people know Chloe Zhao directed Nomad, the, I guess I should say Oscar winner, Chloe Zhao, for, and Oscar won the Oscar for Best Director and Best Picture for Nomadland. And, you know, one of the reasons, one of the things she's known for is putting real people that, Add an authenticity. I was able to say that first time. Um, to you know, to the world around them, as far as like Nomadland, actually, I had real nomads that mm. that were supporting characters, and the writers, same thing. They had real cowboys and everything. So I was like, oh, cool, Eternals. So I guess they're going to have real gods. Like I don't know how how's this working out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess they had real people from Mesopotamia as as extras. I don't know. I was, like, I, I was curious how they were going to work that in. I'm like, but uh, what she's what she is good at is character development and showing it, presenting the story through character. Yeah, and that's what she did with this one. Um, she it was. I think she did a good job trying to introduce characters, trying to build some sort of relationship with each one. I don't, it just, the pacing for me was kind of slow, which I I shouldn't have expected anything else from her. However, it still is a Marvel movie. So you would still expect, you know, the pacing to be a little bit quicker just because that's just how those movies generally work. Yeah. 
to keep everybody to keep the audience's interest in the film throughout the entire thing. Maybe I was just wrong, but I think because it is the lowest rated uh, Marvel movie. And I think part of that is not so much the the characters that they chose. I think a lot of that is just because it's kind of, I don't want to say a humdrum to get through, but it, I mean, it's, it's done well. Like there's nothing overarchingly wrong. It's, but you know, like the Dune aspect is that it's very much world building character building to help present a cohesive story, you know, a, a good story. Basically, like you don't know these characters, you're learning them about them. Yes, and it's not your, it's not a hundred, it's not a hundred percent your typical Marvel movie, although it has elements in there. And it, as you say, it's more, more character base. We're learning about them. It's a lot of talking, a lot of talking moments, which is more than what we get in the MCU. It's mostly, yeah, like short scenes where they're talking, but then it's mostly punch, punch, bow, bow. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right, like and the, then set up the next set piece, and then yeah. Yeah. move along. But this one is very grounded, so to speak. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except for one character, I guess. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, in both in both aspects. <laughs> like you know, I mean, I like it. I can appreciate it for being different. You know, it's kind of like Shang Chi. I think Shang Chi kind of. St- Stuck more in its own before it kind of went to the Marvel stuff. This one, like, I feel like if it just stuck with its its guns throughout the whole movie, it would have had a, maybe a better response. But you know, at the end, you have your normal CGI type stuff thrown in there, and it and a lot of it's a lot of a lot of the effects here are practical. So when you had the CGI moments, like they really kind of stuck out a little bit, right? Which I think that's more maybe just the people on post-production that not blending it too well maybe but um but yeah i mean like i mentioned earlier it's like they're justice league got your superman character your wonder woman you have your i mean i guess kind of more of a comical bruce wayne with his alfred (laughs) yeah and uh i got your flash character who that's my favorite character even though she wasn't on screen much right it's like man she had more screen time but when she was there she made it count and really made it count. <laughs> right. Surprise, surprised me. I'm like, yeah. okay, you're making me nervous, but go, go right. ahead, do your thing. <laughs> yep. Do your thing, girl. Do your thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like that one character's kind of like Superman, but not exactly because then that, that wouldn't yeah. have happened. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, and, you know, one of the things is that when they that the internals have taken the identities of mythological beings across history, notably Athena, Icarus, Circe, Makari, uh, Festus, are named after the Greek gods Athena, Icarus, Circe, Mercury, and Hephaestus. In the comics, the Eternals got into a brief clash with the existing Greek gods over the identity mix-up. Okay, they had that Spider-Man moment? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh... So, according to uh, Kamel Nanjiani, uh, Chloe Zhao uses practical effects for the film. It didn't do very much green screen. 
So I guess I don't know where they got the monsters from. They just kind of threw them in there, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so Lauren uh, Ridoff, who vo- who voiced Jesus, who <laughs> who played Makari, uh, was that is actually a deaf actress, and it's the first uh, MCU deaf superhero. So that's actually pretty cool. Yep. She was in and, Sound of Metal. Yep. And first time I saw her was in The Walking Dead. It's okay. Connie. Gotcha. So, very familiar with her. Yeah. So I thought it was. Uh... But yeah, I I, uh... I thought it was well done. I mean, it's a very diverse cast, which is great. Jimmy Chan plays Cersei. Uh, she. I guess was in Captain Marvel, but I can't remember what character she played in Captain Marvel. Yeah, so. I was just reading that too. Um, I'll try and see if I go. Oh, how quickly I can find it. Uh, oh, Min Irva. So she played one of the. Yeah. One of the. One of the uh, yeah. So. And then Richard double, Madden. Double dipping in the double yeah, dipping in the, the Marvel money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Richard Madden. Played Icarus. Uh, most people will know him from uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I feel like it's Lord of the Rings. It's one of those. Also, Game of Thrones. Also, Game of Thrones. I see you give me the look. <laughs> I only said because uh, I hadn't he, watched Lord of the Rings, but I know Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was also in 1917, Rocket Man. He's been in in a lot of stuff. I know I'm not. Maybe I am. I don't know. They all they all look the same. And he resembles Sebastian Stan also. Dude, the entire time, the entire time, I go, "Is Bucky?" I said, "I said, why is Bucky in this?" I'm just okay. Maybe it's not in Lord of the Rings. Okay, Medikai. That's a show he was also in. And from there's, now, there was a picture of Sebastian Stan in the in the new updated Bucky uniform, and then with him, I'm like, man, it's pretty much similar. Similar costume. They got to play brothers at some point in a movie somewhere. <laughs> Something. Maybe they're related. Um, Angelina Jolie plays Thena. Selma Hayek is Ajak. Kit Harrington is Dane Whitman. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is Kingo. Leah McHugh as Sprite. Brian Tyree Henry as Festos. Lauren Ridloff as Makari. Barry Kagan as Druig. Madong Siok uh, as Gilgamesh, Harish Patel as Karan, Bill Skargar as Crow, uh, Hayes Hayes Sleelman as Ben. So, yeah, it uh, it goes on and on and on and on. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, good cast. Good acting. Um, I don't. I felt like it could have used a little more humor. Like Kumail and sorry, Kinko and Karan's chemistry was was done really well. That was some great, you know, comedic uh, moments. But I felt like there could have been more to kind of help, kind of break up the. I would say monotony of talking, you know, of, yeah. of exposition of what's, you know, what's occurring and everything like a little more jokey, jokey. Um, 
it just I don't know. I I thought I didn't dislike it, but it's probably just another one of those maybe this movie's just not for me. Maybe I need to watch it again. Yeah. When it comes to streaming because <laughs> I'm not gonna go to the theater to watch it again. Um I don't know. I don't know what it is. Grayson liked it. She said she liked it, although you know, as Harford kind of sits still for a while, but she said she liked it. Um yeah. I don't know. I thought it was okay. But it again, not knowing these characters and and it not really having the kind of pacing I would prefer, I guess, for a Marvel movie. If this was any other Chloe Zhao movie, okay, I could get in that mindset and be there for it. But for this movie just it it took a minute to get there. <laughs> I guess a good way to put it. But yeah, it set up some good world building and, you know, characters, introduce some new characters and everything. So the next question, where is this in the Marvel timeline? It's obviously post-snap because they bring that up. But as far as our multiverse, class snap. It's after Endgame because they mentioned Thanos snapping folks away and then them bringing everyone back. which is kind of helping set up their real purpose of being there in the first place. And, uh, right. So, yeah. So, it's a few months after Endgame, I believe. Okay. I remember reading. Because it's not, it's definitely not going to be, I mean, it's definitely before No Way Home. And no. before Loki. And I guess maybe WandaVision? I don't know. I don't know, because Loki, you know, that kind of took place... 2012-ish when he when he vanished himself. So well, I don't the, know. Not the end part. But I mean, I guess it's, if the, it's just, if he was with the TVA, they could be anywhere. I guess so right. They can just place anywhere. I'm just saying, as far as like where Loki ended, not necessarily where he began. Yeah. <laughs> we really don't know where he ended. Yeah. <laughs> considering that's considering a valid everything. Point. Yeah. That was point. We don't know what point he's at. He's not because I'm, he's, he's definitely not where he started. Yeah. Even though he's in the same place, but it's not the right. same. Yeah. Exactly. Not confusing at all. Multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> Multiverse. Oh, man. Yeah. I was like, okay. But. Like in relation to Shang-Chi, like, they kept. I thought that was going to say, you know, kind of relate to the Ten Rings with this somehow, but it didn't quite. No. Not quite. But I think that's still the Eternals had something to do with that. I think so too, because they're bracelets. And then you know, no, they said no, they said bracelets. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. And then you know, Fasto's character being the tech, the tech whiz, and his, I guess, involvement in their development kind of led to a lot of lot of what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. He wanted to give them a steam engine back. Wait, it's too soon. Say, yeah. All right, well, let's come back. Home. Fine, here's a plow. <laughs> yeah, because it plows. Because plow. <laughs> it plows. Keep it simple. See, look, there's some new civilization that can use this. Yeah. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, Macari, though, is the MVP. Yep, for the FTW. Or the win. Yes. So. I, I was sympathetic to Sprite's character, though. 
in her storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, damn, to be stuck as a kid for centuries. That's yeah, that, that's some that's BS. It's rough. I mean, <laughs> like even though she can make herself older, but it's an illusion, kind yeah. of like Loki, yeah. and she's not like a physical. She's actually hologram. So if somebody tries to touch yeah. her, they'll phase right through her. It's like, man, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, sad state of affairs. She'd forever have um, Chris Hansen following her for anybody trying to talk to her. <laughs> Stay away from her. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> she's, Mister. She's she's a five thousand years old. She doesn't look a day over ten. <laughs> Sorry, Mister Gates. This one's too old for you. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bless. All right. <sighs> All right. Um. So yeah, Eternals. It it could be trimmed down. I would say an hour, to be honest. It could be it could be an, a nice little tight hour and a half. I I believe it. Maybe an hour fifty. Hour fifty. Yeah, it could it's easily gotta be closer to two hours. They could they could take that thirty seven minutes off. Yeah. So I was thinking like the flashbacks that they had, they could just put those together, made that like a, a Disney Plus exclusive. Like here's right. our flashback for this. So if you don't have Disney Plus you're gonna miss a big chunk of this movie, but they could have kept everything present day. Yes. Or do all the flashbacks at once and then go present day. Right. I just, I don't know. I still think it would have made a better series. Like, and they could have kept everything in there because it's slow. Because the way that she tells her stories is slow, you know, slow burn, I guess. But you still have action every forty-five minutes or so. Like it's perfect for. Her. A show, think, but whatever. Think if, you think if they'd done the series, they'd been able to keep the same cast? Yeah. With some of the, you think they would have signed on? Because you know most of the like, well, I guess six episodes would be enough. I guess since yeah. that seems to be the model, six episodes. Yep. Yeah. Because you could easily, because here's the thing, especially if you're going to build characters and build and do the whole world building thing, do your six episode thing and then do a movie. So it can go straight to action, action, action. Or the series could have been the flashback stuff. Right. Exactly. So whatever. Whatever, man. All right. <laughs> it is done. All right. It is done. <laughs> yes. All right. Moving on to our second feature presentation. We both watched uh, Netflix's newest release of The Harder They Fall, written and directed by James Samuel, with a... Uh, why is it not giving me the runtime? Shame. Shame. No, it's like right at two hours. It'll pop up in a minute. Um, the Harder They Fall, when an, at, when an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge in this western Starring Jonathan Majors as Nat Love, Zazie Beetz as Mary Fields, R.J. Siler as Jim Beckworth, Eddie Gathegi as Bill Pickett, Chase Dillon as Young Nat, uh, let's see here, DeWanda Wise as Eleanor Love, Julio Cesar Cedillo as Jesus Cortez, um, let's see here. Damon Wayans Jr. as Monroe Grimes. Winnie McLean as Clyde Grimes. Danielle Deadweiler as Cuffy. 
get back here. Tori B. Lawrence as the Saloon Heart Case. Let's see here. Regina King as Trudy Smith. Lakeith Stanfield, Cherokee Bill. Jacoby Howard as Angel. Uh, obviously, Idris Alba as Rufus Buck. Delroy Window as Bass Reeves. Kevin Phillips as Ben Hodges. Dion Cole as Wiley Esco. The names go on and on. Like, it's an amazing cast for this amazing update on a Spaghetti Western, I guess you could say. I was, to say I was thoroughly surprised within the first 10 minutes of how much I knew I was going to love this movie is an understatement. Yeah. Honestly, within, as soon as the credits hit, I go, I'm already on board. Like, I don't even care. Between the music... And the opening scene and the credits, I'm like, I'm in. I'm like in for what first, happens after this. The first three scenes alone was like, man, how are they going to top these? You know, yeah. the intro with the, you know, the murder of the parents. Yeah. And then you had the robbery scene and then the train scene. I'm like, gee, they just started strong. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't look back. <laughs> like, no. They just kept going. Nope, just kept on going. So when people, when I've been, it's also, uh, this movie's two hours, ten minutes. Did not feel like it. No. That's the kind of movie I like. A movie that's two hours and ten minutes, and yet seems like it just went by. Because there is no slowing down in this movie. <laughs> Every time the movie tries to slow down, it giddy-ups. <laughs> it giddy-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's terrible. Every time it tries the woe, it giddy yeah. ups. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not today. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie is def. this is definitely a rated R movie. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Yeah. It is. It's got the bloodiness of a Tarantino movie. It borrows a lot of that, but also from like, it also takes from old Eastwood spaghetti westerns and as well as in my one of my favorite 90s movies, or early 90s, the uh, Mario Van Peebles uh, Western Posse. I know yeah. there's a lot from that, too, which I love, because that's still one of my... I haven't watched it forever in a day, but I I remember I'd put that... I'd rent that all the time and just watch it over there. I even had the soundtrack yeah. and all of that. Like I, I mean, it was just one of my favorites. And, yeah, this is one of the better Westerns I've watched in I don't even know how long. Like, a good minute. Yeah, I'm not a Western guy, but... Me either. Yeah. Not really. Like, I'm very... I'm kind of picky when it comes to them. Yeah. But this one was... I mean, everything from... How it was shot. How it was written. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the story... To... The cinema photography. To the direction. I mean, it just... It hit all the marks for me. Like, boom, boom, boom. This is... Like amazing, <clears throat> right? Amount of humor. Yes, it was very funny. I'm like, this is hilarious. I love it. Yeah. I and I don't. I have a hard time picking a favorite character. Um, Cuffy might be one of my favorites. I, she's definitely got a strong story arc in it. Yeah. Um, Danielle Dead Deadweiler. So, I, yeah, fan, big fan. Um, man, I tell you what, Jonathan Majors, man. Just keeps doing it. Bruh. <laughs> he's 
Yeah, it's like, I all mean, right, we're not, we're not going to do any more Lovecraft Country, so I'm just going to turn it up in whatever project I'm in. <laughs> think about what he's just this year alone. Okay. Lovecraft Country, uh, Loki, and now this. Just three raw off the bat. Man, whatever he did right, he's been <laughs> whatever he's doing, he's doing right. Yes, because he's a. Uh, and oh, I almost forgot he was also in the last, uh, the last black man in San Francisco. Forgot he was in that. White boy Rick, he was in that too. Yeah, Cali, the Five Bloods. Yep. Jungle Land. I don't even remember that. Captive State. Boy Rick Hostels. Yeah. He hadn't made a he hadn't made anything bad yet. Like he's dude is on it. But yeah, uh, uh he's he he's a phenomenal actor. And uh try to see what else he's got coming up. Oh, he's gonna be in Creed three. Cool. Also they're making it also they're making it Creed three. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> yep. Breaking news. Yeah, um, Regina King and Lakeith Stanfield, they did their thing too, Man. especially the scene with Regina King and Zazie Beats. Yeah, going back and forth, I was like, yeah. okay, do y'all say? I'll watch that, I'll, Yeah, I'll watch the, the side movie here. Like the scene where they're just talking to each other and then they're the fight. It's like, all right, everything was just top notch. Yeah, all around. And I was really hoping because <laughs> they were fighting. The way they were, where they were fighting is where they were, you know, where they died, linen and clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. I was really hoping she would drown her in the, in the die. Just be like a pun, but yet literal at the same time. Die, die, die. Oh, she, she died, died in the die. <laughs> yep. She come out with a little quip, you know. Yeah. yeah. She died. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad they didn't because... <laughs> Nobody really does that. But yeah, he's got like five projects coming out. It's like and yeah, Zazy Beats is always awesome. Like I yeah. Yep. There was some uh, Atlanta yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then uh and I, I kept trying to figure out where I knew Eddie Gathegi from and it was bugging the crap out of me. Well I can so I eventually I but I was good. I waited till after the movie was over. One, he's in for uh, for all mankind on uh, Apple TV Plus, so the show I've talked about, and uh, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot he's in that. And then um, he's also in uh, the last thing you wanted, which I watched, but uh, not a great movie. Um, he was in Blacklist Redemption in the Blacklist, which I did not watch. Um, but he, he was in one of the X-Men movies, which I did remember because I did actually watch that. I'm trying to find which one. First Class. Yep, First Class. He played Darwin. Yeah, his character who should not have died. Right, exactly. <laughs> he literally cannot die. Yet they killed him. I'm like, yes. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's not how this works, bro. Um, And that, shoot, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that's where I re- but it's crazy because that's where I remembered him from. Like I know he's in something. God, it looks the heck out of me. And then yeah, and for all mankind. So 
Um, but yeah, I I can't speak enough praise about this movie. It, and I love the, I would say ninety eight percent all black cast, because the Union soldiers, I guess, the only one. Yeah, they were there for the train scene. That, that was and that and was it, and, then, and that was and then, it. And then um, they had another scene later in the movie. Not not the same character, but they had um, they had other white actors in that bank heist that they did. Okay, that's right. Yeah, and then they even had enough. They had a good time to enough time to throw in a Chadwick Boseman tribute. Right. The train, the C. A. Boseman. I'm like, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Nat Love, Mary Fields, Rufus Buck, Cherokee Bill, Bill Pickett. Jim Beckworth and Bass Reeves are all real historical figures of the Old West. Bass Reeves was the first black U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi. He was also the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Uh, so, yeah, so when Lakeith Stanfield boards the train uh, to free Idris Elba, the train company's name on the side of the train is C.A. Bozeman, as you just pointed out. And uh, Nat Love was a real cowboy in the Old West, and he wrote an autobi- autobiography called The Life and Adventures of Nat Love, A True History of Slavery Days. It was published in 1907. Charlotte had some words, apparently. I told, told the dog she can stay in as long as she kept quiet. Apparently, she's not listening. But yes, I uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely a fan of this movie. I'm definitely gonna watch it again easily. So it's definitely a very rewatchable movie. Yes. So so yeah. Um so yeah, so that's the uh, the harder they fall. Uh next real quick, I watched the because I keep getting uh, a friend of mine at work also sometimes knows my doppelganger because people get him confused for me whenever uh, they see me because we have to wear a mask at work. And so apparently we we look the same. So anyways, um, my buddy Will recommended that I uh, watch the JSA World War II. So Justice Society World War II. It's an animated film uh, from DC Universe Movie, DC Universe Movie Justice Society World War II. The Justice Society of America, a group of heroes aiding the allies in World War II, acquire an ally from the future who sends them on an adventure that changes history. Starring uh, Stana Katic as the voice of Wonder Woman, Matt Bomer as the voice of Flash, uh, Omid Apatati as the voice of Hawkman, Jeffrey Arend as the voice of the Advisor, Darren Chris as the voice of Superman, uh, Darren DePaul as the voice of Brainiac, Chris Diamantopoulos, I'll get it, as the voice of Street Steve Trevor. Uh, Keith Ferguson as the voice of Dr. Fade. Ashley Lathrop 
as the voice of Iris West, Matthew Mercer as the voice of Our Man, William McIntyre as the voice of Aquaman, Alicia Alicia Rotaro as the voice of Black Canary, Armin Taylor as the voice of Jay Garrick. Uh, this was written by Jeremy Adams and Megan Fitzmartin, directed by Jeff Wominster. The runtime, it's PG-13 with a runtime of one hour and 24 minutes. Uh, this is not available at Redbox yet, but you can, it is available to rent on Amazon and iTunes. I've uh, been waiting for it to hit Redbox. It's not on HBO Max yet. I've also been waiting to go there, but finally I decided to uh, suck it up and rent it. And it was definitely worth the $4 that I paid. This is one of DC's probably better animated movies. Um, obviously Long Halloween Part 1 and 2 Also phenomenal uh, But this Justice Society uh, World War 2 Is also brilliantly well done It starts out with uh, With Barry Allen And Iris West <coughs> Having a picnic in Metropolis They see Superman Or Brainiac starting to attack Superman So Barry goes you know, Rushes to go save the day and try and team up with Superman, take down Brainiac. In doing so, runs too fast, runs not only through time, but um, what is revealed later, not only through time, but to another or to another Earth. Multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, <laughs> you know, so they end up. He ends up teaming up with the Justice Society that's a secret group of superheroes teaming up to take on the Nazis in World War II. Uh, with Wonder Woman, Jake Garrick, Flash, Hawkman, uh, Black Canary, and uh, Our Man, and Steve Trevor. The one thing that bugged the heck out of me about this movie, that it's a Justice Society movie, not a Justice League movie, mm-hmm. And this is getting into the nerdy DC nonsense that I, but there were more, there were equal amounts of justice leaguers as there were just society. The only ones that were actually part of the justice society were Jay Garrick, uh, his flash, the original flash, uh, our man, Hawkman. And really Hawkman was in both. So it's kind of splitting hairs. And, uh, black canary was also in both, but, to have Flash and Wonder Woman, there's no real reason to have them there when they could have had Wildcat, Dr. Midnight, or any of the others. Or even uh, the original Green Lantern. So, But they didn't, which is fine. Um, it's fine, but it, it, it I think probably would have helped. I mean, the story's phenomenal. I'm literally splitting hairs here trying to you know about it but it's done really well done really well it starts out you think this movie is about the nazis and them trying to basically fight the nazis and beat hitler and then get you know as well as get flash back to his time but then when you realize that clark kent superman his backstory is different is mm-hmm. when you realize that they're really not it's not he went 
too far back in time is that he's on a completely separate earth and that the timeline he's in is not even his to be a part of. Yeah. So, but they still got to beat all the bad guys first. And then, um, you find out who's really behind everything else. And that story kind of takes, you know, takes on the overarching, uh, plot, I guess, or what's really happening. It's brilliantly written, directed. The voice acting is great. I mean, there's, it's definitely one of their finer um, movies and actually has a really good story. Like, this is one of those I kind of wish they would make into a live action. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, I mean, I would have rather had this Wonder Woman story for the second Wonder Woman movie <laughs> than have the one we got. But, but no big deal. There, we've got a third Wonder Woman movie coming out. Or at least been announced. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, I if this is a good one. And I guess just the violence is why. Because during the entire thing, I heard one shit. And that was it. That was the only curse word. And I'm trying to remember if they showed any blood or not. That could be the only thing I could think of that would make it like PG-13 like that. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it's good. I'd let my kids watch it if they wanted to. Uh, but yeah, it's brilliantly done. So check it out, Justice Society World War Two, wherever you write your stuff or don't write in your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you can find it. All right. All right. So I went back in time a little bit for this one. I decided to check out the 2009 Friday the 13th. Okay. Uh, originally released February 13th of that year. <clears throat> Runtime of an hour and 37 minutes. Uh, directed by Marcus Nispel. And it stars... I kept getting a crack out of this. So you have Jared Padalecki uh-huh. as Clay Miller. Then you have Danielle Panabaker oh, as yeah. Jenna. <laughs> I'm like, from, from Flash. <laughs> but just their names, how... Yes, they so... Have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you have Aaron Yu as Chewy, uh, Amanda Rigetti, Whitney Miller, uh, Travis Van Winkle as Trent, and then we have Derek Mears playing Jason Voorhees in this. Follows a group of young adults as they visit a boarded-up campsite named Crystal Lake, where they soon encounter the mysterious Jason Voorhees and his deadly intentions. So this was, I guess, their attempt at a reboot. Um, it starts off where they show, I guess, the final scene of the original Friday the 13th, where, um, yeah, the final, the, the girl at the end of that, that kills Jason's mother by lopping her head off. Uh, I watched the, I guess the theatrical version, because apparently there's mm-hmm. an uncut version where there's a flashback in it where Jason is sticking back to that moment, and he's actually witnessing the girl killing his mom. And in this movie, Jason actually has a hostage. <laughs> and I'm like, why is why is he keeping her alive? Which they don't show in the theatrical version, but I was reading in the uncut version. They actually show him after having that flashback, he starts going crazy and and um he goes to his hostage. He doesn't kill her. He looks at he has a locket that he wears, and apparently this girl reminds him of his mom because they have similar features. But they didn't show it in the theatrical version. It's in the uncut version. 
Um, so that's why he has this hostage instead of killing her like he does everyone else. Gotcha. Um, this Jason actually runs. <laughs> so, so basically, it starts off 1980s when all this stuff happened with his mom. And this is 20 years later, so I guess this is a tw- uh, mid-20s Jason. So I guess it gotcha. makes sense. He can run. Um, but I mean, it's your typical horror. You got these young... They're not teens. I think they're like college students. At least they look at... They probably, they're probably in their 30s. But they look like they will be playing college students. They go right. off to one of their friends' house, cabins or whatever, and just get picked off one by one. It's just... It's no real story to really make any sense, except for uh, Jared Pedalecki's character, Clay, who's looking for his missing sister. And he kind of runs into this group. And... But that, that's basically the only real story here. Everybody else is just there, I guess, as cannon fodder. <laughs> just to be Jason's victims. Um, I mean, but it was cool. I mean, it wasn't probably wasn't the best Friday 13th movie I've watched, but it was better than Manhattan. Some, yes. Think Manhattan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, <bless>. yeah. <laughs> but for what it was, it was it was cool. Um I was like, well, I, I respect this Jason because he runs like he, yep. he, <laughs> too fast. I mean, like literally burst through the door and just I'm like, OK, yeah, I can't I can't can't with this Jason, you know. But um, it was a cool little thriller slasher type deal. Not bad, but not the best. I don't know if we'll get any more, but. So. Do you remember when uh, Jason Goes to Hell came out? Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, a good minute ago. And they released it in 3D. I remember. I didn't watch it in 3D, but yeah, I remember I that didn't, 3D. Shit, I didn't see it. That's before <laughs> I was still watching. I mean, that's still before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember there was a 3D I still version. wasn't watching horror. 1993, I still wasn't watching horror movies yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. <laughs> that was just a crazy one. Dude, they're like all. They're I mean, all, this one. This one was because they brought it. Uh, he technically he was dead. You know, this they killed him off. They blew him up, and then take him to the morgue, and the the mortician eats his heart. As you do. And then, then he embodies, I guess, Jason, but he doesn't change into him. But the the thing is, like, it has to be a relative of Jason to. To, I guess to, to he, so he, Jason's basically a worm. <laughs> he goes yeah. inside different people, but if he get his feet makes it into like someone in his bloodline, then he comes back. <laughs> right. So I'm just like eh. dumb, it, but <laughs> so, anyways, the the point I was trying to get at was that they released it in 3D. And this is 1993. Yeah. 3D. I'm I'm kind of curious how it would look with with the re-release in today's 3D. Mm-hmm. I'm more curious about that than anything. Otherwise, I really don't. I mean, it's a crap movie, but at least this movie was made for 3D. Like, it originally made for 3D. Yeah. And shot, so when you watch it in standard format, it's going to look kind of stupid. Kind of like Spy Kids 3, because it was Spy Kids 3D was, uh, was also in 3D. So when you watch it now and it's not in 3D, just looks odd. It looks even hokier than normal. Yeah. And but yeah, I'm kind of curious about that one. <laughs> I mean, these standards, you he blows up, you see the chunks fly everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. 
That'd be cool. So like, you know, when he goes to hell, the snake kind of, or the whatever that thing, worm thing is, comes out right at you and everything. So, yeah, yeah just like your novelty rides and stuff like that for 3D. So. Uh, 40X, like 40X oh, 3D. <laughs> God. Flame shoot up instead of the fog machine. Yes. <laughs> they block off the first six rows just yep. to, like, we can't have you sit too close. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Be cool. Uh, Instead yeah. of water, it'd be like slime dripping down. Oh my god. That'd be that'd probably be doing too much. But yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the mist, it's like little cherry syrup or whatever. I don't know. Yep. So make okay. sure you wear your, your at home clothes. Don't, yep. don't wear your good, don't wear your Sunday best. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which really if you're going to the movies, you shouldn't be wearing your Sunday best anyways. No. Nobody wants to get vegetable oil on their Sunday best clothes. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, I've seen a lot of people on Sundays that seem like they just left church. I'm like, all right, cool. all right, more power to you. Yeah. yeah. All right. All I got. Uh, all right, trailers. Uh, not really much. I mean, nothing really new trailer-wise. They released a new Morbius trailer to remind you that this movie still hasn't come out yet. And that yeah. you really haven't seen it, but you also haven't missed it either. So, like, oh, yeah, this is still still waiting for that to come out now, aren't we? Okay. Because it got pushed back because of COVID, which, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then, instead of releasing it, because it's a Sony product, instead of releasing it digitally and just go ahead and getting their money, and probably getting more money, to be honest, because there was now. less available. Yeah, because there was less available. And they yeah. should they uh they're gonna release it in the fall and then they're like, nah, we good and then release Venom instead. And then decided once again, currently it's it's uh Sony's Black Widow apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh except people really aren't looking forward to this one as I mean, like they were Black Widow. Okay, I definitely am not. I mean, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm gonna watch it. This this trailer did it. seem more had more going on because it was showing pretty much everything. Yeah, <laughs> too much. And then they had that one moment where he's like, "I am Venom." He's like, "Oh no, I'm me, Michael Morbius. I'm here to." Yeah. I'm like, okay, I think they're gonna try to tie this in somehow. <laughs> if there's not a Blade cameo at the end of this, it's pointless. <laughs> right. I have Morbius, the living vampire, should be going against Blade, the vampire hunter. Yes. Yep. But uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, Morbius supposedly coming out now, January twenty eighth of next year. So oddly enough, two months away. <laughs> like we're talking like ten weeks. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, and then, speaking yeah. of showing too much, uh, the. They released another Sing 2 trailer, which showed way too much. I mean, not that... I guess it really doesn't mean anything, because kids are still going to go see it either way. Yeah. But still, there's no... Like, you could have just kept on with the same trailer you've been showing for a whole last year, and it would have been fine. Instead of going and showing this one again. I'm like... Or showing a new one that shows more. I'm like, you've already got yeah. him hooked. You've already this- got him hooked. And this one, seemed, this this one, we might be talking about the same trailer. Seemed like it would be what they show at the end. Yes. And I'm like, oh, 
I already it's anticlimactic now because I pretty know much <laughs> yes. Like, why did y'all do that? It's about the journey. Yeah, whatever. I was so mad at I mean, it. You've already taken us to the end. You yeah. know. I mean, we, we already <laughs> know. We already know they're all going to succeed, and that. Yeah. But still, just don't need to see where still, they succeed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, still give us some mystery, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, the kids don't care, but adults. Come on. <laughs> That are taking their so, kids to give them something. To, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then uh, not a TV, but not a. Uh, or excuse me, not a movie, but TV trailer. The Book of Boba Fett dropped as we were recording last year or last week. I mean, yeah. so that's dropped. And so there you go. Yeah, that to look forward to on Disney Plus. So boom, boom. Uh, and then this week. Guess what's coming out finally this week? Is this a movie that Grace has been looking forward to? That's Wednesday, actually. Okay. Yes, Clifford <laughs> drops November 10th on in theaters and Paramount Plus, if you have that. So... See how you're going to watch it. <laughs> at the theater. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. We're seeing it at the theater. <laughs> But yes, how I would like to watch it. Yes, at home yeah. and have popcorn at home and just watch it at home. Yeah. Anyways, Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out Friday. Oh, yeah. That's one I've been looking forward to. Yes. I I think I'll be able to pry York away to watch for him to come join us for that one. Yeah. So, yes, very excited to get our ghost busting busting on. I guess I'll be watching that Sunday since final home football game. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yep. I am. But at least it's the last one. Yep. Yeah, and then there's really nothing coming out next week unless it's streaming. And then, uh, or no, I tell you about King Richard comes out next, uh, the 19th, which I'm not really that interested in personally, but I'm probably will eventually see, but yeah. Yeah. Not one like, oh my god, it's gonna be not, just not been a Williams fan, either one, so not really for me. Will Smith, uh, sure, you know, eventually. Um, and then the 24th, you know, we're getting closer to Thanksgiving, so House of Gucci, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, and Encanto, so coming up on the 24th, so cool, yep. And then, hey, Spider-Man will be here before you know it. And the Matrix 4. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I want to be excited for that. I just I haven't gotten there yet. I think with that one, I'm just going to be going through the motions of, it's another Matrix movie going in. Right. And yep. That's show pretty me what much you got. <laughs> show me what it's you like, got. all right, I guess we're doing, for me, it'll be like, all right, I guess we're doing this. And yep. <laughs> with every other sequel this year. <laughs> yeah. All right, I guess we're doing this. Uh, except for Top Gun. I guess we won't be doing that. Until next year. Sad face. I was kind of hoping we get John Wick 4 this week, this year too, but. Yeah. That's okay. Let him take your time with that one. Get her done yeah. right. It'd have been kind of cool if you find out Neo is actually John Wick, who's really Neo. <laughs> this has been the yeah. Matrix all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It would explain why it's so good with a gun. Yes, yes. Yep. And then it gets hit by cars and just seems to keep going. Yep. 
If you start to dodge in bullets in John Wick 4, we know it's true. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wild Lord's Fishburne is there. Exactly. <laughs> it's full uh, circle. Full circle. I mean, it would be easy for them to do. Like, I don't think anybody would be disappointed. I think people would accept it. Yeah. 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 All right. Makes Maybe sense. some internet. Yeah. Piss off a few internet trolls would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they did that. Gosh. Yeah, it'd be all right. Yeah. What's next? They're going to find out the Fast and Furious is really just a Jumanji. <laughs> a video game. <laughs> <laughs> it pans out at the very end of the final Fast and Furious movie, and it's just a row of cars out of Dave and Buster's. <laughs> They all just step out to be a VR racing game. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, that's why. That's why when Tyrese was <laughs> being shot at, he never got yeah. shot, but his, but his jacket was full of holes. Yeah, it's all the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. See. Oh uh, man, uh, that's amazing. I like that idea. Might need to pitch that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless. All right. I'm out of quarters. This yep. rides over. Yep, this rides over. You got any, got any credits left in your card? No, oh, man, family's family, but I'm out. I'm tapped out. So I guess this is where the ride ends. Yep, yeah. this is where the so, ride ends, yep. That's it. Let's go get something to eat. Yep, where's Brian? I don't know, he, was, he had to go leave early. His card ran out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bless all right i think it's a good place for us to end yeah all right thank y'all for listening we will uh talk to y'all next week <laughs> multiverse fast and furious thanks for listening if you enjoyed our show and have a moment please rate and review it helps us out a lot also recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.